0: You're listening to Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience with your hosts, Willie Hassel and Lynn Nickerson on the Paranormal UK Radio Network.
1: Good evening and welcome to Spirit Radio. I am your host, Willie Hassel. Along with my co-host, Lynn Nickerson, we will take you on a journey, a journey into the unknown where the paranormal becomes the normal. A journey to a world cloaked in darkness, where reality becomes a thin veil. So sit back, relax, and join us as we venture into the shadows, the darkness, the unknown, and back. And good evening, and welcome to Spirit Radio, the paranormal experience. I'm with Willie Hassel, your gatekeeper to the dark side. Your guide to the realm of the unknown, the unseen, the unthinkable. And she is the always lovely, she is the mystical, she is the mysterious. And you know what that means? That means she's got to be Lynn Nickerson.
0: It's me. <laughs> it's Hi. me. Hi. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. Good,
1: good. So how are you doing? What's What's going on? What's
0: Ah, uh, can you hear oh, me now? I, I can <laughs> hear you now.
1: Yeah. I, I forgot the question, but whatever it was, uh, I know what we were I'll tell saying. you what. just make up a question and answer. Okay, it. so
0: what's new with you, Willie?
1: Absolutely nothing.
0: Oh, that, no, that's disappointing. Well, <laughs> let me say that I think we have interesting topics to discuss tonight. um right. we've We've touched on some of these before. We've discussed uh, portals and time slips. And we're going to get into it even
1: deeper. Even deeper. More portals, more time slips, more strange happenings. And time rifts and really spooky stuff. And I bet we got an actual name for the show.
0: We do. It is Time Storms, Time Slips, and Portals.
1: Hey, those are all the subjects that we just mentioned, aren't they? Mm
0: hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right, well, let's do a show about them,
0: shall we? Okay, we we could begin. (laughs) All right. Um, I've done a little research, and I've been using, uh, relying actually on Jenny Randall's book a great deal. Um, Her her book is called uh, Time Storms, Amazing Evidence for Time Warps, Space Rifts, and Time Travel. Now, there's also another couple of books that I wanted to mention because they all touch on this subject, and... They come in from different directions under su- different circumstances, and yet they all have um, some, some similar elements. Another one is called Celtic Mysteries, Windows to Another Dimension in America's Northeast, and that is written by Philip Imbrogno and Marianne Horrigan. And they have been to many stone chambers throughout New York and New England, and they've recorded all kinds of odd, odd visions, time anomalies, much of what we're going to talk about tonight. So the reason I bring that up is because it's just another aspect of this strange topic about time anomalies. And, and
1: time is is a very, it's a strange
0: it's topic elusive, by itself. It's an you
1: know? thing. It's something I just, I don't know. How do you define it? it? How do you define it?
0: You know? <laughs> I don't
1: know. Is, is it linear or? It's not is linear, it, I don't think. Know? I mean, is past, present, and future all happening right now?
0: I don't know. You that know? would get into topics of multiple universes, parallel lines, parallel, time, uh, parallel lives, and parallel timelines. Um, the other book I did want to mention, too, is UFOs, Portals, and Gateways by Nigel Mortimer. And he and his wife go out and they do experiments of these different spots... In England, that have um, high occurrences, uh, well, multiple occurrences of high strangeness. And they've done a wonderful job uh, investigating. And again, they have a lot of the same odd elements in their stories. So I was going to read a little intro, actually, elaborate more than we already have, just to give the audience a feel for what we're really talking about. The discussion is based a lot on what Jenny Randalls has to say. And Willie, of course, has some accompanying stories of his own he's picked out. So, as I've said on our past shows, we've addressed the idea of time slips and portals. And those are going to be the topics of tonight's discussions with some new twists. So what I've come to understand from my research is that the more I read about this phenomena, the more I realize that the subject is far more complex than I first thought. In the instances of missing time, strange mists, and the Oz Factor, which I'll explain in a minute, all of these elements contribute to time anomalies, which is actually the salient point of tonight's show. And before I move on to anything else, the Oz Factor, is I don't know who coined that phrase. Uh, Jenny Randalls uses it a lot. And what it is is a sort of um, uh, sensory deprivation status. Or yeah, status, it's um, people that go seem to they start experiencing something, and the first thing they experience is like a vacuum effect. All sound around them, all ambient noise stops. So that's quite a common occurrence, and it's referred to as the Oz factor. So um, I do read books continually on this topic, and I've come across a variety of testimonies. People experience these events at ancient uh, sacred sites like Stonehenge, for example, and stone chambers, as I mentioned with uh, Nigel Mortimer. Um, Or people experience them, too, at unnamed sacred sites, such as uncatalogued stone chambers across New England that Phil Imbrogno and um, Marianne Horrigan have uh, explored. But people also have these experiences in areas... In more areas than in others, and Jenny Randalls points this out in her book, Time Storms, Amazing Evidence for Time Warps, Space Rifts, and Time Travel. It seems that perhaps ley lines or granite in particular play a role in enabling one of these events to occur, as well as promoting or amplifying the conductivity of the electromagnetic fields naturally found in these areas. Um, There's a high indication that electromagnetism plays a role in what some of these people experience. Jenny Randall's contends that perhaps more often than not, experiences, experiencers of time anomalies are coming in contact with a naturally occurring earthly phenomenon and that perhaps it is naturally occurring electromagnetics of the earth that affect the experiencer or the percipient rather than it being something supernaturally occurring from beyond. Therefore, I have to carefully summarize her inferences since she's not entirely clear on explaining the mechanics of how these things occur. But she does relate the symptoms and the circumstances circumstances of each event. Simplistically, if I were to uh, summarize it, I might say that it's just a case of tomato versus tomato. It just may be a name game. On the other hand, there may be some elements which, up until now, remain unexplored. She may be on to something. For example, there's the suggestion that abduction experiences may not all involve ETs. Uh, the experiencers, experiences, I'm sorry, may be the results of something anticipated by the experiencer because of some sort of preconceived expectations resulting from societal programming, such as what we hear, what we read, or what, what we watch on TV We're sort of predisposed to a certain paradigm, a certain way of thinking. Jenny Randalls also suggests that uh, an NDE, which is a near-death experience, might not be that at all, but rather could be an experience that mirrors the individual's expectations of what happens when we die, and that everyone experiences these events within their own frame of reference. I sort of uh, contend with that, but we'll continue and give you some examples. So I'm happy to report, however, that she and I both have come across occurrences which her tentative theories can't explain, as for some cases she may be onto to something, So before we jump into the stories, um, I'd like to opine that her idea of the facts may be nothing more than what I've said, a name game. These experiences have to be called something, so call them time storms, time slips, time travel, or whatever. Excuse me, whichever is the case, people are experiencing things they can't explain. Many of the same elements are inherent to each. Personally, though... I feel that explanations could be satisfied by considering that reality is simply not what it seems, and that some laws of physics, yet unknown, are what is at play here. So, Willie and I are going to continue with some very odd stories with varying elements and circumstances to confuse you a little further.
1: (laughs) It won't take much to confuse me a little further.
0: Uh, So now's the time to grab those thinking caps and put them on. So we were going to uh, address future and past time travel. And Willie, yeah. I, I know you had a couple of examples. I do.
1: But first I just wanted to mention that yeah. one of those uh, phenomenon that you mentioned, uh, the Oz Factor, yeah. I, I've never heard of that myself.
0: Well, I've experienced that Have twice, you? yes. Okay. Um, I saw flashes out in the woods once. And one of them was when my brother had been in a car accident And I was waiting for him to come home. And uh, I was very concerned about his safety. All of a sudden, everything went still. I could hear nothing. It was like uh, late May. And then I saw the flash of light, and it scared the living daylights out of me. Mm. I don't know what it was, but I was determined to sit out on the porch and wait for my brother to get home. And it disappeared, and then I heard his footfalls coming up the driveway.
1: Yeah. I've never experienced anything like this. It's just like just like all sound just all sounds dis- like you're dis- standing in a vacuum and- really that's
0: and these that's some of these we- people say weird. the same thing yeah yeah
1: okay well uh, we were going to talk about uh traveling uh back and forth so uh I have to credit this story to a book by uh, Stephen Young called Two Stories of Real Time Travelers and it's uh it's about traveling back to uh, World War II, uh, August nineteenth, nineteen forty-two, over six thousand Allied soldiers landed at the port of Dieppe in Normandy, which was being held by Nazi Germany. The mission resulted in mass injuries and fatalities of the Allied troops. Nine years later, on August fourth, nineteen fifty-one, two English women were on vacation and I forgot how you told me to pronounce this. Pree. Pui, pui. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, a village near Dieppe, which uh, was Dieppe, one, I mean Dieppe. Dieppe, Yeah. Okay. Uh, which was one of the landing points for the Allied troops for the battle.
0: It was Normandy, you said, right?
1: It's near N- Normandy. N- near Normandy. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the women were awoke to the sound of gunfire. Uh-huh. For the next three hours, they listened to the sound of a battle which seemed to come from nowhere. No one else in the area seemed to have heard anything except for the two women. And it turned out uh, that their descriptions were so close to the official records that the British Society for Psychical Research investigated the incident, after which they declared that the experience must be rated as a genuine psychic experience which had resulted from a time slip. That's incredible. And, you know, if the uh, British Society for Psychical Research. It's pretty official. So, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, you don't really get too much better than that. Uh, their description of the battle noises when compared to the official records of events were astonishingly close to actual events. At about 4 a.m., the women were woken by men's screams as if above a storm with distinct sounds of dive bombing and gunfire. Official records say that at 3.47 a.m., Allied assault vessels exchanged fire with German ships with troops yelling to each other, manning beach defenses. At 4.50 a.m., the lady said, on the next page, (laughs) (laughs) it was quiet. Official records say the operation, running 17 minutes behind schedule, The firing may have stopped at this point. By 5 a.m., 5.40 a.m., it went silent again. Official records say naval bombardment stopped at 5.50 a.m. The ladies said sound of aircraft in large numbers with familiar background noises. The official report said sound of aircraft in large numbers with fainter background noises. That's pretty pretty strange.
0: Three uh, hours. If that was an hallucination, you know, that's very unusual. I, I it's a know. long time. That's I not know. a dream. And there was two of them. It wasn't just and one it person. It was
1: two of them. Nobody else heard it. And uh, he also credits that source to uh, topsecret.com as well as the uh, British Society for Psychical Research.
0: Oh, I'd, I'd like to research that further. That is an incredible rendition of what happened. Can you imagine if you first started experiencing that, you might even think that you were under siege, under attack?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, no, I know. How frightening. If I was in New York City, I'd think there was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to run for cover. <laughs> And a yeah. lot
0: of unusual circumstances yeah. that people have reported like that. Yeah,
1: and, and the way it all lines up so perfectly with uh, the official records. And that's like undeniable. A, and, and like I say, the uh, Society for Psychical Research is uh, very um, well-respected. Respected, yeah, yeah.
0: So. Well, that's an interesting story.
1: So, shall we go from there to the future? To the future, yeah. yes. Back to the future? No,
0: I don't not, think so. Well, really. not quite. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me um, mention something here, though. What, sure. what do you think? Are the mechanics operative behind that event? Do you think it's a a, a case of intersecting dimensions?
1: You know, I've, I've been trying to figure that out. It could be intersecting dimensions. Um, is is it? Actually it although it is under time slips, is it really a time slip or is it like a, a time uh, loop? A time loop or like in uh, uh ghost investigations uh you know, recordings on uh, what, what's the word I'm I'm looking for?
0: Um the E V P, the electronic yeah. phenomenon. Uh, well sometimes you've got an interactive heart, but sometimes you've got the residual heart and those that's, two that's things are I, different.
1: Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, maybe it was, you know, could it have been residual that they were hearing, rather than them actually slipping back in time to hear it.
0: Usually residual yeah. isn't, um, it? it isn't it's, that definite and that long-lasting. You get more feelings mm, from residual. Well, not that, Yeah,
1: that's true, not that long-lasting, and it would, it usually is, like, recorded in uh, different kinds of stone, and, uh, and of course we don't know what kind of a building they were in, but.
0: That's so. true. Who knows? Maybe okay. the the building held some of the energy, but yeah. So it's I, very hard I'm thinking it
1: could could be either one. It could be residual, or it could be that they slipped back in time.
0: Yeah, and it yeah. begs the question. Then what exactly is time? Exactly. And is time a part of a dimensional setup? Yeah. And does it bend in on itself and loop? Just something to consider. Something. <laughs> yeah,
1: just something else to consider. <laughs>
0: Well, how about your future story?
1: uh, Yeah, this is a time slip to a future city, actually. Uh, It takes place with uh, Daisy and her friend Rick who were driving to another friend's house in 2004 in Rick's beat-up old truck. Suddenly the engine quit, and they were stranded on the side of the road in the middle of the night. They were surrounded on both sides by cornfields, which went off into the distance. And it doesn't say where this was, but by cornfields, I'm thinking Iowa, Indiana, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick tried desperately to start the old truck, but with no luck, it just wasn't going to happen. They decided to walk to the nearest town, which should have been only about two miles away. They were going to find a pay phone and call for help from there. They walked for what seemed like forever and no town in sight. Just as they were about... Uh, getting desperate, they saw a very bright light off in the distance over a little hill. They ran up the hill and were shocked at what they saw. What lay before them was what could only be described as a futuristic city Hmm. with lights streaming out of every window of the massive towers and in the middle of the city was a huge silver dome. They both stared at the city. Daisy was stunned. She was kind of like in frozen in, uh, in, in fear and then Rick poked her on the shoulder and brought her uh, back out of a trance. He pointed the sky above the city where there were hundreds of hovercraft flying around. Hovercraft? Hovercraft. One of them suddenly started uh, flying towards them at a high rate of speed. They were so scared they just started to run back towards the broken down old truck. They never looked back but felt that someone was watching them all the way.
0: Well, I I would have run if I could have, if I hadn't passed out by then.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what they did. They (laughs) ran. Uh, They ran right back to the truck, and when they got there, the truck started without a problem.
0: Oh, but it had stopped by itself, right? It
1: stopped. They couldn't get it started, no matter what he tried, but when they went back, it started, no problem. They took off in the opposite direction, and they never talked about the incident again. Except of course, to whoever wrote the story.
0: Wow! So when did but that happen?
1: Two thousand four. It says really. It happened. Yep.
0: and they didn't state the state. They didn't. No, say they didn't. where?
1: No, but it sounds like you know, yeah, Midwest, Midwest cornfields. So okay, now uh, something happened that shut the truck off. The truck would not start.
0: Well, Jenny Randall's would say that it had something to do with some sort of electromagnetic interference.
1: Right. And which then, is a common
0: element in some of these,
1: yeah, so when, after they you know discovered this city and then then they ran back, and then the truck started just fine, no problem at all what
0: intersecting um, realities, intersecting dimensions again,
1: yeah. do you think well, it was a futuristic city, so it had you know hovercraft would be you know something of of the future mm-hmm. but it seems to me in a lot of UFO stories that it causes engines, you know, cars That's to true. stop yeah. and they can't restart. So do you think maybe this also, it was a combination of maybe time, but it also had a uh, some sort of extraterrestrial uh, part to it where the, uh, you know, the engine stopped, but then afterwards it was fine.
0: Well, let me say that... Um Dr. Raymond Moody has written about um, regressing and progressing people. And I've heard of people being progressed into the future, and they've described cities just like that, dome-like cities with towers, some mm. of them even being underground. So it's almost like it was a future place, and undoubtedly we've we've been, I won't say interfered with, but we've been interacting with ETs who knows it mightn't be ETs and us hmm. maybe it was a whole mental thing maybe it was mentally projected i don't know it's a possibility yeah,
1: yeah i mean the future city it it could be uh, you know a future et establishment but i mean the hovercraft i mean that is also something that you know is Very in futuristic. the future of yeah. you know of the earth too so
0: and they never got to the city they just saw it no they got to the, the top distance. of the hill
1: they saw it and they didn't like what they saw. So wow. they said, we're out of here?"
0: You know, that kind of sounds like the story that we talked about last week about the um, the two people that went to Bruges, Belgium, and they went to a plaza where there were lace makers and older people. And they interacted with these people and one of the older ladies asked them into her house and offered them orange squash, a drink. And then when they came out, one of the ladies bought a laced-edged handkerchief. So they went back in the future, and they interacted with those people. Mm. That's unusual. Seeing it is one thing, but interacting with it is something else, which kind of makes you think maybe there are parallel realities and dimensions, too. So is it a, is it a time loop thing? Is it intersecting dimensions? Or is it parallel intersecting dimensions? I don't
1: know. I, I don't know. I, I think I kinda tend to go with parallel intersecting.
0: Maybe but, in this event, yeah.
1: Well, in a lot of these events. Yeah, you know, in a lot of things, and even even like in, in ghosts, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would apply.
1: Yeah. Um I, I mean it's a little bit off the subject, but I mean, are ghosts really spirits of dead people? Or are we is it an intersecting with another parallel which is happening at the same time, you know?
0: Well, ghosts can be defined in many different ways. Exactly. You, you can see ectoplasm, you can see mists, or you can see full bodied apparitions that are fully clothed and holding um hard objects, you can see full bodied apparitions that are solid. So oh. in those cases it's almost like from another dimension they have jumped track and come into our dimension. But then yeah. again if you're seeing them as a ghost, um that's almost like to me a time thing where there's been um uh, uh an interfacing of dimensions. But the when you see a solid one, I almost think that's like a jumping them from where they they are to where we are.
1: Yeah. Temporarily. It, it's kind of, it's, it's sort of like uh Paul Eno's story from from York where it is. Yeah. The, you know, well, I'm seeing a ghost but you know, I'm the ghost of that person.
0: Yeah, you know? I'm the ghost so, of the house. Yeah. And I I dream being the ghost of the house. Very yeah. odd, very hard to explain.
1: It is very hard to explain. I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there. But, uh, no, yeah.
0: I think that's uh, very appropriate. Um, I do have a future time slip, just okay. like you do. All right. Um, it talks about um, seeing a, a futuristic person. Um You see, most time slips involve images from the past. But if time is not linear, then future time slips ought to be possible. Of course, one problem is that time slips in which the past occurs—I'm sorry, the past recurs—are usually obvious. Whereas how would we know if a scene was from the future? Take the terraced houses seen on the East London camera. We imagine them from the past. So if there were no houses in this location, we consider a, a parallel reality. But if in 50 years' time, someone builds a row of terraced houses in this very spot, then this image is seen in 1995 uh, and could actually be from the future. Now, we probably just would not assume such an origin. So the story starts off with Joan Foreman recorded a case from from Londoner C.H. D'Alessio in 1975. He recalls walking along a tree-lined street near his home and entering a detached, dreamy state. Again, the Oz Factor creeping in. Mm. A sudden silence enveloped the area, and D'Alessio could see that the road and the houses along it were made out of a shiny silver material that seemed synthetic. Road vehicles were floating past him as if riding on beams of energy. Hovercraft? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hovercraft, yeah. He believed this was a future scene. Futuristic road traffic is one thing, but what if air traffic from the future is seen? Witnesses today would be most unlikely to assume they have seen an aircraft from the future. Their experience would almost certainly be hijacked by ufologists as an example of an alien spaceship. There may be many future time slips sitting in the files unrecognized because they are woefully misinterpreted. who's who's doing the interpreting? We just don't really know. (laughs) Well, yeah,
1: exactly. That's the problem.
0: Uh, In a famous time-slip vision, a York man, Harry Martindale, reported the bizarre sight of a number of Roman legionnaires marching through a cellar as he worked. Then they marched right through the far wall. This was presumably some kind of an image being replayed, but the key was the was the way in which the soldiers' feet were not visible but hidden beneath the cellar floor. It was as if these images were marching on the old road surface as it was long ago. This, of course, would be below the current ground level now built up over centuries by roads and uh, house floors.
1: It hmm. kind of so, reminds me of something else, but go ahead. Yeah,
0: okay. Uh, so, the figure captured on the video camera in Oldham seems to walk through a door not there today, uh, so, in 1991, it may seem to us to walk through a wall, but it is as if a video replay would defy logic. So, the futuristic man filmed on uh, Burke Marsh seems to float above ground level. Um, actually, this isn't the one I was thinking because a man does dream seeing uh, a futuristic man, but that is pretty much the... Um, the future rendition of this particular story, seeing this futuristic city in silver, with s- synthetic yeah. houses and flying machines that seem to be floating around, so you can tell that well, it's not from here, that's for sure, <laughs> and it certainly doesn't seem to apply to the past.
1: Uh, what what that reminded me of well, when you were talking about them walking and it, like they were walking on a level. You were saying that, like, their legs were...
0: Yeah, invisible. Their feet were invisible, yeah.
1: It reminded me of the uh, Connecticut um, haunted house diaries where they saw the uh, legs walking, like, just coming down through the ceiling.
0: Oh, that was strange.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah.
0: Was there a staircase there before? You know, it makes you wonder.
1: Yeah, don't know. But you know what? We're just about down to the bottom of the hour. Okay. So why don't we uh, take a little break? All right. All right. And
0: And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about parallel timelines and parallel lives and a couple of other miscellaneous stuff pertinent, though.
1: Okay. So you are listening to Spirit Radio, the Paranormal Experience, and we will be back in just a minute. Supernatural Magazine, one of the UK's top paranormal magazines, provides support to Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience. It is the magazine's goal to bring every aspect of supernatural news and research from around the world under one roof to create a universal platform for all those interested in the supernatural. More information is available at supernaturalmagazine.com. And you are listening to Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience, on the Paranormal UK Radio Network. and And you are listening to Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience. Um Willie Hassel, well, along with Lynn Nickerson and tonight we are talking about uh time slips and
0: time storms time and storms portals. And
1: portals, ley lines, all sorts of very oh. interesting uh phenomena.
0: Yeah, that all have a, what they have in common is uh time anomalies.
1: Yeah, they all anomalies l- time lin- events. They all link back to time one way or another. Past, present, future. Yep. <laughs> Okay.
0: So, um, Willie, how about, you've got a story about this woman who witnessed or experienced an accident, which wound up Uh, being a future occurrence because she came back and she manipulated it.
1: It it apparently was future. That's the nearest we can seem to figure.
0: Yeah, and she came back to the present and Uh, made it happen the right way.
1: Yeah, she kind of did it twice. Yeah. And and the second one turned out better than the first one. Let's, (laughs) Let's just put it that way.
0: Please tell us.
1: Uh, Yeah, okay. So this woman, uh, she says, I was driving down a steep, mountainous stretch of interstate. I was happily jamming to my favorite music. The sky was blue and cloudless. Uh, The road stretched long and winding ahead of me. I saw an older model gray pickup tuck speed past me and tear into the guardrail, hitting it to bounce off and spin back into the road. There was nothing I could do. I slammed on my brakes but my car T-boned the pickup truck. I looked down after the car came to a stop at the uh, deploying airbag and my my seatbelt. I could see blood covering my chest, but I wasn't sure where it came from. I wondered if the driver of the pickup truck was okay and looked up. I could see through the blood in my eyelashes. I couldn't see the driver, but I could see the crushed pickup truck and a small child in a car seat in the extended cab the child made direct eye contact with me and I began to panic that the child's parent was seriously hurt and trying to move out of my seat. Both vehicles were still in the middle of the road and I was panicking and struggling to get the child because I was afraid someone would come along and hit us. I never made it out of the car, though. Suddenly, I was driving down the same stretch of interstate on a gorgeous, cloudless day The song that was playing was one I had been playing several minutes before the accident. I clearly remembered what had happened, or would happen, and I knew that if I switched to the far left lane when the truck zipped past me on the right and spun, I would not hit it. I moved over to the far left lane, and a few minutes passed without anything happening. So I chalked it up to me being crazy. (laughs) Suddenly, the old model gray truck zipped past and hit the guardrail, spinning out into the road. In the far left lane, I went past where the truck spun into the road. I slammed my brakes as I passed and pulled onto the shoulder. The truck, which had been sideways in the road, pulled onto the shoulder. The driver was fine, but he was calling the police since he had hit the guardrail. He was on the shoulder, and he and the child were out of danger, so I just continued on my way. <sighs> So how how exactly do you explain that? It's, it's, is it, it well, I don't know, is it future or is it back? Because it's like she, it happened, but then she went back in time. She went back the, to the present. Well, back to the present or back, to, but if she went back to before it happened, wouldn't that actually be going back in time?
0: Back in time to the present from the, the future. And she changed okay. the future. Don't well, you she think?
1: changed the outcome. That, that's yeah, that's she for changed certain. the outcome,
0: yeah. and that isn't just something she just uh, daydreamed because of all the detail, and right. then the reenactment of it actually coming to pass.
1: Yeah, the only thing that strikes me as a little bit odd about it is that after the second time, when you know she knew the guy was okay, but couldn't, shouldn't she have stopped anyway? You know? Yeah, I agree with you. That is, is kind of funky. everything all right here? And, you know, do you need help or a ride or a tow truck or really a drink? Maybe and she just kept right you know? on driving. Yeah, that was the only thing that struck me as a little bit odd about it. Well, not the only thing. Obviously, <laughs> but uh, it was a lot more odd than that. Yeah, one of the odd elements. Yeah, but I, I kind of thought of that. Well, why didn't she at least yeah. say something? You know. That really wasn 't uh you know part of the the story anyway, it yeah. you know had no effect on the the outcome or anything so um when did that happen uh, it doesn 't say i don't have any uh time frame on it
0: Oh. and did she um mention locale
1: She did not just a mountainous uh, stretch of highway.
0: You know, bringing up the fact that she wasn't compassionate enough to stop, it makes you wonder, is it a fabricated story? If it is, why would she fabricate a story like that? Um,
1: Well, no, it's a good question. Why would anybody fabricate a a story? Well, some people for attention, for their ego. But But it
0: doesn't seem like she's an egotistical person. Uh, It doesn't sound like it. No.
1: Um,
0: And she she didn't mention the song on the radio
1: yeah she didn't she didn't you know, mention the name of no. it was just one of her favorite songs and I, um, I know you're gonna you're gonna yell at me, but I don't remember the name of the website I got this from, but uh, she had a couple write it down of, she had a couple of stories in there uh this was only one of them
0: um and are you saying the same, same woman same woman yeah really experienced another one yeah and was it a a time element thing
1: it was another time slip story of of some sort which
0: hmm. I couldn't people tell, have I all couldn't the tell luck. you
1: <laughs> all the luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never do, experienced wanna, one. Do you want to experience one?
0: If I could come back.
1: That's yeah, so assuming I mean, you could I come would, back and you I don't get hurt. Back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, with no casualties. Right. Nobody, no, nobody hurt. gets
1: hurt. No animals were hurt during the production. Oh, of absolutely. This no animals, yeah. no.
0: no. But, you know, with that stated, yeah, I would.
1: Yeah, you know, I never really thought about it. Would I like to experience that or.
0: Oh, I had I, in- I guess it
1: would be interesting, yeah,
0: I have an insatiable desire to understand how people lived in the past yeah. and experience things that they did and the way they built buildings and their modes of transportation and um how men and women interacted, like how how stifled were re- women really, or were they pretty independent, depending on, of course, what epic you're talking about, mm-hmm. those issues and so the clothing and
1: so when the uh, first uh, time travel,
0: uh, machine steer, is built?
1: Machine is built. You're going to be the first one on it. Is that what you're saying? Uh,
0: if they promise me I mm-hmm. can come back.
1: Yeah. Maybe not the first one. <laughs> Maybe a little... <laughs> yeah, we'll wait until they work out the glitches. Yeah, a few other guinea pigs go first, <laughs> and, and then give it a shot.
0: That's not very nice.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I don't think I'd want to be the first one to try it.
0: Well, i got to tell you, um, according to Carolyn Laroque, who has uh, been on our, our TV show, and she yeah. spoke about secret space programs, mm-hmm. She has it on good authority from three super soldiers that they did time travel. And according to Robert Dean, he, was, uh, he had a very high position in the government. He's now speaking out. Uh, he has in the last few years about his experience. And one of the tales he tells is he was in California. He was taken to an, uh, an old warehouse building. He stepped into an elevator elevator. And he stepped out oh, yeah. onto the moon. Hmm. So well, apparently, it, it we can do it there.
1: Well, you know, according to Einstein and others back in, in his time, there is no reason why we can't.
0: Well, it seems that one of the uh, processes involved here is molecular dissolution; that they disassemble you molecularly, and they reassemble you. And I've also read that that doesn't always work out well.
1: <laughs> uh, Philadelphia experiment, are you thinking, exactly. maybe? Exactly. Yes, yeah. that is
0: one good example yeah. where things do not reassemble correctly. Yeah. And you would think maybe they would, since everything has an energy pattern and everything is fitting together now. Why, if you broke that up and then tried to reassemble it with you know, electromagnetic mm. forces, why wouldn't the same patterns be operative? And I think maybe the answer might be in the process of doing it and, and trying to reconstruct that they're, um, um, they're, they're vitiating the pattern. They're doing something to the force field to change it so that things are not drawn back together again in the same way.
1: Yeah, so we're we're basically talking Star Trek here, but...
0: Exactly, yes. Only they they but, had it perfected. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Except,
1: <laughs> except they, they knew how to do it, yeah. They
0: could beam down Scotty yeah. whenever they wanted to. <laughs>
1: beam me down, Scotty. And he would so be Scotty when he whichever. came back, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, no, where were we? I, I forgot. <laughs> time travel. Uh, time travel, yeah. So yeah. as far as what Robert Dean experienced being in the elevator... I I don't know what was at work here. Um, in seconds, he was on the moon. Farbaces yeah, on that's, the moon.
1: Uh, that. So maybe it was a time, time machine.
0: Well, it, it had to have been a time machine of some sort, I, wouldn't you think?
1: Well, yeah. I, I, I was going to say that wouldn't be time travel, but yeah, it would if it only took seconds. Yeah. So it was time travel, but it was it was something else too.
0: It was long-distance travel real quick. <laughs> hmm.
1: <laughs> I never thought of that. That's a Succinct, uh, right? Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, scientific explanation. <laughs> I'm going to have to write that one down.
0: <laughs> Don't bother. It wasn't worth it, Willie. Really. Oh, too late. I already did. <laughs> well, I had another story here on Parallel Lives, and this, too, is taken from Time Storms by Jenny Randall. And she... Um, She has an account here from a Somerset man. His name is Peter Williamson, and he reports that on July 28, 1974, it was a sunny day, and uh, they were having a barbecue in the garden, he switched reality tracks. Once again, um, the early proceedings were interrupted by a heavy electrical storm. She's referring to other uh, accounts here where something happened when there was a thunderstorm and a lot of electricity and lightning in the air. Okay, the the Williamson's Williamson's dog was seen to be cowering under a tree, unexpectedly spooked, perhaps by the strange atmosphere. Uh, Peter went to the rescue uh, of the animal to take it back indoors, but as he went towards it, there was a huge flash, and it was over. Be- and and when it was over, Peter had vanished. Now this is the man and not the dog. Now, it was odd because I told you when I experienced the Oz Factor that mm. there was this odd flash. That's it was right. like yeah. blue-white light. Okay, so the police were called. <clears throat> Peter's wife, Mary, was put under sedation, and the children were sent to stay with friends. Despite a massive search, there was no sign of the missing man. It was argued. That uh, lightning strike nearby had disoriented the guests, caused them to miss what had happened, and giving Peter traumatic amnesia, he must have wandered off in the confusion. Then at 8 a.m., three days later, Peter was found unconscious in nearby shrubbery, with one foot in a pond. It was as if he had arrived there out of nowhere. There was no sign of how he got into the locked garden, this garden that he was in. was somebody else's property, and it was locked. Okay. The gardener who had found him was the only one with the key. Peter had spent several days in hospital, suffering from shock, but had no recall of what had taken place. Then the dreams began and gradually grew more lucid. With time, Peter began to suspect that they were more than just his imagination. In the dreams, he found himself standing in an unfamiliar garden, soaking wet. He began to wander the roads, dazed and confused. He found, and eventually, he, he was found, and eventually taken to a hospital. Here, he spent some time undergoing tests. He was able to recall the names of the doctor, a sister, and various nurses. and I think they're referring to this was probably a Catholic-sponsored hospital.
1: It sounds like it. Yeah, sisters.
0: Yeah, and he remembers the name of the ward as well. None was familiar to him in real life. The dreams were long and mundane. One reason he came to suspect their reality. From time to time, the hospital had shimmered around him in a sort of haze, and uh, furniture appeared in places where there had been none before. Then the ward would return to normal. Now this sounds like a reality blink. Another very telling comment by Peter about his dream or his memory was that when the hospital, when in the hospital, he heard his own voice spoken. He said it sounded very odd, as if it were echoing in slow motion. That's kind of strange. Hmm. A reality oh, blink. A too, reality like. blink. I, I, I like that, too. Yeah. As Peter's condition improved, he had been allowed to go out for a walk uh, around the grounds of the unfamiliar-looking hospital. Going down a, a lane outside, Pe- excuse me, Peter began to get a sense of familiarity. Then there was no further recall until he awoke by the pond. Now, researcher Colin Parsons stayed with the family for three days. The hospital was traced. It was a nearby cottage infirmary, and it did have a ward with the correct name of the doctor and the sister, just as Peter had reported. Excuse me. The doctor did not recognize Peter, and the hospital records showed that he had never stayed there. It was suggested that Peter must have invented this dream in his mind from fragments of information in his subconscious, perhaps a conversation once heard about the hospital. But Jenny Randalls goes on to uh, propose three questions. She goes, During this electrical storm, did Peter shift into a parallel reality, one that was on a closely aligned track? If so, does it suggest that we may return to our original reality? Of course, what if many Peters in many similar realities disappeared that night, and the one that returned to our reality was not the one who left from here? Ooh. Yes, it gets very convoluted, that's, doesn't it, it? It
1: does. It does.
0: So what mm, happened to the, Peter? Where the, did the he go? The tale
1: of the multiple Peters,
0: huh? Yeah. Hmm. So that's oh. um, that's a real tough one to explain, but it yeah. sounds like parallel lives in a present timeline situation. He was in but, a hospital when he was supposedly wandering out in the garden down the road.
1: So, so yeah, he was in the hospital and wandering out in the garden at the same time. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't either. Yeah.
0: But something again mm-hmm. to ponder. <laughs> something to ponder, yes. Another <laughs>
1: another strange strange happening.
0: Truly. Now, did you have a, a, a parallel life situation?
1: I did not. I, okay. I, I had the, uh, talk a little about ley lines if you want, or if, uh, if you had something else you wanted to do there. Well, we got about 10 minutes left.
0: Yeah. One thing I was thinking about was um, parallel lives from extremely different timelines. And there were There was a really good case in the 1980s. It was recorded in the book titled The Vertical Plane, written by Ken Webster. And he claims that he and his girlfriend, uh, her name is Debs Oates, they were communicating via a computer with a man from the 16th century who had lived in that house Mm -hmm. and was living simultaneously with them.
1: I remember this story. I I remember you talking about it, yeah.
0: And it really bends your mind when you think about it, To, I mean, it makes you think everything might be happening all at once. God forbid. And if well, so... Would
1: that be so bad?
0: Well, not... Yes, if you're taking into consideration how many multiple realities for any one person is there. And then mm. you mix time into the mess. I mean... I mean, how do you if keep all, track of yourself? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, if if all time is happening at the same time, I mean, if you stop and think about it, the past the past is gone. All mm. all there is is a memory of the past.
0: Mm. The Who's future to say? hasn't
1: the future hasn't arrived. So that's is, that's is in your three
0: really, D lineal thinking, Willie.
1: Yeah, but is there really anything more than just the present? And
0: you're you're um, confining yourself to just one timeline.
1: Well, not well, maybe one timeline, but multiple. What? I guess dimensions. I, I'm not sure what is the correct word: dimensions, universes. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the correct term would be to to use for that, but. I don't know. I mean, really, is you know, does does the past exist, except for a memory, Mm -hmm. memories of the past? Some would
0: say yes. Some would say it's happening simultaneously,
1: and this would be a good.
0: This would be a good example of it.
1: Yeah. So that's that's pretty much what I'm saying. It's it's. But the past is
0: happening. That it's not a memory. That it is a, a current simultaneous occurrence. Right. That's one way. That's one aspect. That's one theory. yeah. And
1: obviously, nobody really knows. No. You know, probably never will really know. People
0: probably only know what their experience has shown them. And that's not that they understand it, but they they know it to have been a truth for them.
1: Yeah. I I don't claim to understand it. I'm just trying to figure it out. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) Just just trying to figure it out, basically, you know. I mean, I, I don't know.
0: Um,. Uh, I just love that story about the vertical plane. And if you want to get a hold of that book, it's uh, it's pretty much out of print, and it costs an awful lot of money. A lot yeah. of money. A I, lot of money, huh? Sixty bucks and up. Mm, yeah. It's uh, so unusual. If ever you can get your hands on it and you're interested in time anomalies, you must read that book.
1: Uh, what year was that book written? It's, I mean, it's not <coughs> real old, is it?
0: Well, no, it occurred in the nineteen eighties. Nineteen eighties, yeah, and yeah. it was written not, you know, not long after it occurred. I'm going to say in the five year range, yeah. so it's a relatively recent publication. Yeah, um, I've got one other story that okay. is definite, definitely uh, a time slip to another time, but it seems to all happen simultaneously. Um. How much time have we got left?
1: we got about four minutes left. So okay, I think, about I, can, right.
0: I think I can do this. It's called An Unexpected Journey. It's found in True Ghost 3, which is um, one of the Fate magazine books about people's true mystical experiences and proof of survival. So this was submitted by... Now, this happened in England, too. Um, J.P.J. Chapman from Poole, Dorset, England. I find this fascinating. They, they both seem, the, the husband in particular relates this, and he seems very sincere. Uh, the early part of April 1966 brought some decent weather to England, but suddenly in the middle of the month, spring did an about-face. I woke up one morning to find a blizzard raging. I knew the snow would concern my wife, for she had agreed to arrange some floral decorations for an important charity event. <clears throat> Excuse me, we live near Poole in Dorset, uh, far south enough that the snow soon melted, but it hadn't done the spring. I'm sorry, it hadn't done the spring blossoms much good. Killed most of the blossoms. About a half a mile away from our house runs a broad avenue, richly lined with trees and rhododendrons. Years ago, this was an exclusive residential district where beautiful mansions stood, but now many years have pulled down the apartment buildings, and none have gone up in their stead. Alongside one large block of flats, three vacant lots of considerable acreage have been left unattended and over the years have reverted to natural growth. My wife suggested that we look there for flowering shrubs or some growth that she might use for her project. So we were walking down the center of the open space toward the flats, which are the buildings, um, and about halfway, my wife spotted a large flowering cherry tree, amid the shrub and went over to collect a few branches i told her to call out if she needed any help but i would continue on walking we both saw clumps of primroses nearby amazed that these wild flowers had found their way to this forlorn spot my wife returned to the <clears throat> she turned to the left toward the cherry tree i stood where i was at the moment looking up at the flats and then back again to the primroses when i raised my eyes again toward the apartment the building was gone Everything else seemed perfectly normal. I could see my wife in the distant distance, but the flats were simply not there. It dawned on me that this was an amazing experience, no kidding. <laughs> I've had many vivid experiences of entering another dimension during sleep, and most of us recognize the intangible frontier between materiality and fantasy in the dream state, but this was quite different. Then something else happened. Everything changed. "'A vast open nothingness surrounded me, "'but I had not lost my orientation "'because the sun was shining and gave me my bearings. "'But had I entered another dimension, and would I get out? "'The exit must be my point of entry,' I thought, "'so I crossed two sticks on the ground to mark my position. "'Then I walked on to the place where the flat should have been, "'and I went beyond that. <coughs> "'Excuse me, no flats, no road, no traffic.' just a vast open space and no sign of any kind of life. I suddenly remembered my wife would be sorely worried about me and retraced my steps right through where the the flat should have been to my marker of cross sticks. Then I saw my wife near me, so I spoke to her. She jumped, saying, How you startled me. Where have you been? I called you and searched for you, and I couldn't find you. Then she saw my marker and asked, What is the Mm -hmm. witch's cross for? Have you been up to something? Uh (laughs) (laughs) She says, you look very guilty. (laughs) I calmed her by saying I had indulged in a little experiment. She wanted one more look around before we left with the branches she had collected, and this gave me time to reconnoiter a bit. Everything was back to normal, it seemed. The apartment building stood where it belonged, and the shrub bushes and trees and... And rubbish, again, were visible. I don't remember mentioning rubbish, but... (laughs) No, I I don't remember that either. But I found one odd thing. The ground where I had been standing was soft and bare. Now listen to this. I could see my footprints going towards the flats, but they suddenly ended as if I had stepped off the ground and into the thin air. Mm. And my return path started in the same manner as the outgoing marks suddenly had vanished. So the point where we entered and, and, he, and came he back came in out in the
1: same spot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So oddly enough, yeah. this experience seemed to me to be a sequel to my dreams that I've been having of a devastated world and deserted cities. That's kind of ominous. Mm, it is. But the question remains, had I stepped into the past, the future, or another space dimension.
1: And there is one more thing for everyone to ponder. Yes. Because you know what?
0: Is it the end it's of the that time. Yeah, oh, darn. We're, we're out of time. This guy must have a very interesting life this Mr. Chapman. I'd like to talk <laughs> so, to him. <laughs> talk to him? <laughs> he's, he's had these experiences more than once. Okay. okay. Well, then.
1: Uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, some stories of time slips and other strange phenomena.
0: We hope you've learned something, and we hope you've enjoyed listening.
1: And that is Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience, and we will talk to you again next week.
0: And everyone have a good night.
1: You have been listening to Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience, with your hosts, Willie Hassel and Lynn Nickerson on the Paranormal UK Radio Network. Is one of many possible worlds. All for the
0: best, or some bizarre test. It is what it is, and whatever. Time is still the infinite jest. The arrow flies. The hours tick away The cells take away The watchmaker keeps to his keys, The hours tick away They tick away The measure of a life is a measure of love and respect So hard to earn so easily, yeah. the measure of the night is a measure.